Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. No, stop with the... Where was the question? <laughs> you want to kill me over some pizza? Yes. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN Las Vegas. All right, rolling on here Thursday. Happy hours going on at Silver Sevens, Flamingo, and Paradise 277 on many of the drinks, beers, margaritas. Shots. Did I say well drinks? Well drinks as well. Nice. That's pretty exciting. I think I got. I think I might have got caught there singing when we came back from break. What were we singing? This song? It's, impo- oh, it's impossible not to sing Oasis when it's on. Is it impossible? I think so. I didn't know that. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. You're very selective with what you sing, but you got caught right. up. True. You're an old guy. You got caught up. It's fair. Uh, we got news on Jim Harbaugh coming up. We got news on who the Raiders are interviewing as they're trying to fill out the staff here, who could be going, who's coming in. That's all coming up a little later in the hour. We're hoping to uh, get one of the big hockey names in town. Obviously, the All-Star game is on the ground here. So Barry Melrose, we plan to talk to him. We've got the Pro Bowl coming up on Sunday, and the Shrine Bowl is actually going on right now as we're going to kick off here in just a couple of seconds. Let's do it. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. I'm ready for this one. I'm ready for this one. A couple of notes on the WNBA, right? Our Aces. Mark Davis's team, the Aces. Sounds like the WNBA got a deal done to raise a little money for the league. Uh, when I saw the number, I was like, yeah, $75 million is nice. But, I mean, you know, in the sports world, it's not gigantic, but it's something, right? And this is a league financially that kind of needs to figure out what the heck it's doing because the – Women's basketball world, the spotlight was on Vegas, and, you know, they're not playing right now, but on a couple of things. One, Mark Davis goes out and gets a coach he wants. He takes Becky Hammond out of the NBA, where she was making seven fifty a year, is apparently going to give her a million dollars. And I said to you, I think it was off the air, because we're not, you know, we usually don't do a whole lot of WNBA on the show. Uh, but I said to you, I was like, wow, I, I thought Brianna Stewart just signed a Supermax deal, as they call it. In the WNBA for $226,000. A coach here is going to make a million? I wonder how that's going to go over. Now, there's two ways this can go, right? Hey, Becky Hammond is breaking through the ceiling. It's going to raise everything for all the other coaches and the players. But sometimes you got to wait. Well, guess who doesn't like to wait? Because she'll spout off and just say anything whenever she wants, right? Some days she's got mental health issues. Another day, everyone around her is racist, Right? Liz Cambage, right? Cambage, ever say her name. Um, she came out and was immediately like, oh, that's nice, million dollars for a coach, and we're making nothing. She was talking about, you know, I'm not going to pay this year for flight upgrades and this and that. Is she right or wrong? Should she just stay quiet and go, hey, it's all going to work itself out, or does she actually need to be vocal and she can help make change? Well, I, I think there is a way to push for positive change, and it sounds like 
that's happening because I don't blame her for that reaction. I think that was my first reaction. I was. We, we both. I mean, I, obviously, we just had, we had the conversation yeah. off the air about Brianna Stewart. I was like, "Wow, that's a really good coach's salary, good for Becky Hammond." But what about the players? Yeah, and I was I was literally standing next to Mark when he said this, uh, when he let it out the other day that he was paying Becky Hammond a million dollars, and I, first of all, was like, "Whoa!" And I said, "Man, this this will not go over well, but it should be a spur for." the rest of the league to say hey look if this is what is possible if an owner can pay a coach this much then with the players can make more then we can travel better and i will say this liz cambage i completely expected that reaction from her i, I thought of she'd course. be like what the hell is going on yeah. and mark davis today was asked about liz cambage's reaction and he said one million percent she's right well he better yeah he better because believe me it was going to be a couple of days I think he said a thousand. Uh, I was going to say a couple of days before she called him either a racist or a sexist, well, which, which would be interesting because he's he just bought a, few, a women's basketball team and, and is willing to pay a female coach a million dollars. You know, my whole point on Liz is that she fires off sometimes at ridiculous levels. Sure. Now, here's the other thing: last week we had on Cindy Bronson, who's calling the uh, Athletes Unlimited down the road. You know, big women's. Uh, tournament league here for five weeks or so and she was not prompt were you on the, that day with cindy yeah and willie was on and out of nowhere she's like i'll tell you one thing the aces need to do get rid of liz cambage yeah. like, okay <laughs> how do they do that now how do they do it now because i agree with her they need to get rid of her they have plenty of talent and she has been a disruption and she's been a disruption for a lot of teams and people she's been around but how do they do it now yeah it, it becomes trickier unless she doesn't want to come back okay um, I think that would be, you know, that's possible. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that one of the – and just going back to Mark Davis, one of the reasons he got into this, and if you you know if you haven't heard the story and how much how much ever it is completely accurate, you know, who knows, but the story that's been told to us and that we've reported on is that he loves going to the Aces games, which we know for sure, and he was telling the previous owners at MGM, like, hey, like, these girls deserve more. Pay them more. And the response of the owners was, why don't you pay them? Why don't you buy the team? And he said, okay, I will, and I'm going to pay them more. Now, of course, the league is fighting back, and there's a cap and all those other things, but I think Mark Davis is working toward this. And the, the first thing to watch, you know, Mark Davis wanted them, and the MGM did too, they wanted them to fly on private planes and, and charter and, you know, improve travel. And the league said, no, that's a salary cap violation because other teams can't do that. Uh, I think that's the first domino to fall, that Mark Davis is going to win that battle and start traveling better and then they're going to be, they'll basically have every player in the league playing for them that wants that wants to do anything um, but then the league i think change will be made there and then i think the next step is working on salaries like those things will happen but i think you know it's got to be a battle and who knows i i mean my approach would probably be the more patient route of okay let's take this step let's take this step but i think you need people like liz cambage to be like no do it now let's go Number four. So the Broncos have responded to the allegations lobbed out there by Brian Flores. They're part of the racial discrimination suit. And we've gotten a couple of things from them. First of all, they're saying he's lying, that they did show up for their meeting on time. Flores said, hey, they showed up an hour late, and then they get there, they're all disheveled, and then some of them look like they were hungover. So they're claiming they were all there on time. I don't, you know, we'll have to see how that's proven. Um, but the other part of this, because the whole premise is they didn't take the interview seriously. John Elway speaks today, and John Elway's suggesting that, no, I wasn't hungover. I was jet-lagged, which when you hear about the Broncos' side of it, 
if you flew in the middle of the night and you showed up and you weren't at your best, then he's right. <laughs> right. You didn't take it seriously. Right. Like my, my response from Flores would be, well, why did you fly in the middle of the night? Did you fly in the middle of the night and look like hell and all tired when you talked to all the other candidates? Now, or, I'm not saying that was racially motivated, right. but always kind of admitting it like, well, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't drunk and hungover. I was just really jet lagged. Well, then tr- change your travel plans and the schedule and find a day when or, you're going to be alert and actually give me a little respect when I interview for your freaking job. Wouldn't the response be, no, we like there was all kinds of problems and we we're like, we have to get there. We'll fly the middle of the night if we have to no, to no, get there. No. I, that's possible. I don't want I don't want to sit down someone for my, Denver, my it, dream opportunity. It's Denver in January. Could have could have been snowed I, in. I, I don't care. Reschedule it. Okay, I mean that's pretty disrespectful. And, too. and by the way, the other one I've heard was, uh, listen, hold on. The, the other one I believe John Elway was hammered the, at that, the interview. Well that's the but other what thing. I'm saying is the other thing that's is, the response. They, they, they keep saying like they weren't drunk, they were on a flight all night. What? Can't drink on a flight. You know, you don't think Especially any plane private? that the Broncos are involved in and John Elway <laughs> is involved with it doesn't, you know, is going to be without a minibar. And I understand Elway fighting back in this because he does, he does have that rep, you know, that he likes to throw him back. Probably but, flew the Coors blimp. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, their defense is lame. I actually think they're admitting that they didn't take it seriously. I mean, it's not great. And I, I love, and I also love like who is Brian Flores to judge this? Because I'm sure you 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 would get pissed at that. Like if if I'm being interviewed and I show up, you know, dressed properly, and you come in with a freaking sweatsuit on and a hat, a backwards hat, like what's going on here? <laughs> it's great. It, I mean, there a lot of these allegations are going to be answered, and you know, the the Giants put out a statement today too about their part of this, where you know, Bill Belichick doesn't work for us. We know. We know he doesn't, but like all of these statements, all of these quotes that are coming out, they're all going to be crazy. They're all going to be pierced apart, and and you know you're going to go back. They're going to go back and look now. I'm sure. What day was this interview? Where was John Elway the day before? Was there any public sightings of John Elway out at a bar the night? Like all these things are going to happen now, which is why I'm so thrilled about this whole thing happening. Number three. The Brady saga two years ago before he landed at Tampa Bay is one of the favorite things I've ever covered in sports radio. It was awesome. And it's going to happen again. Yep. And Aaron Rodgers is going to let it happen. Because once he announces, he's gone. Remember how big a deal it was just to get to that point with Brady? Because I think a lot of the speculation with Brady about, you know, remember it was there was stuff about, you know, visiting different cities. And so now we got a report out of Nashville that he's buying a house in Nashville, which, by the way, I had the scoop last week. I didn't, but I, you know, mentioned at the time that I thought Tennessee was a good landing spot. I, we were talking, you weren't on that day, we were talking to uh, Chad Brown, and I was like, hey, what do you think about Tennessee? I think they're done with Ryan Tannehill, good organization, Rabel's a good coach. You know, they've, they've been open to making a run at a different quarterback. So anyway, uh, that would be one of the first places mentioned, but the laundry list is going to be long in the rumor mill for Rodgers to land. Yeah, and, it, and this as far as the Tennessee one goes, um, it sounds like it's absolutely accurate that he is moving to, to Nashville and has a property in Nashville. Uh, it also sounds like he purchased that property like two years ago. So, um, who again, we did this with Brady. And, you know, if, if you're like, oh, we've seen this before. I don't I don't want to know every single step of the process. Then don't pay attention. Don't pay attention. I, I love it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think it's great. Screw off. It's Brady. Wasn't Brady looking for schools in Philadelphia at one point? Like, there was some weird. I cannot remember. You know what? I was going to say that. And then I was like, I think that was LeBron. Maybe it was LeBron. Right? 
Either way, we get crossed it's, up. It's all like the LeBron thing, the Bra- <laughs> the Brady thing. They're all great. All these are fun. Let's take a quick time out. We'll come it. back with the top two stories in the Big Five down here at Silver Sevens. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. His intention was, I'm going there to sign a contract. And that just, like, was not the case. This was a real job interview where he had to sell the team on him being the best fit for the job. And the fact is, both sides did not agree eye to eye on kind of what the entire thing was. And that's why he left Minnesota on Wednesday without an offer. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Courtney Cronin, ESPN. On Jim Harbaugh and why it didn't work out with the Vikings hire. You know, I kind of understand where the Michigan media member, you know, got it from uh, when he thought, hey. And the way it was worded, too, was like Harbaugh expects to take the job. Yeah. That didn't didn't say the Vikes are going to offer the job. So, So here's the deal. Let's tie this all together. So we were trying to figure out why there were so many rumors with Harbaugh's name to the Raiders. Right? And I, I said a couple of days ago. I think Harbaugh's quirky personality is not going to match with Mark Davis's quirky personality. But to be more accurate on that, Harbaugh is a guy who disrespected management and wanted to do his own thing the entire time in Ninerland. It worked, right? It worked. Well, Mark Davis just had John Gruden here, and he got completely embarrassed by John Gruden, who had, who had full power. So I don't think the Raiders were ever going to be interested with someone who didn't want to work with others in a... Not an even power structure, but a management team, right? And I'm, I think Harbaugh, based on his success in San Francisco, is like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it the same way, and here's my record. His record's awesome, right? He clearly is, by his record, the best candidate available around the NFL. He was 44-19. Yeah. It's awesome. But here's the thing. If you read the story by, I think it was Chad Graff, he took you through, uh, he's from The Athletic, on the Vikings, right? Took you through the, the whole last couple of days about the interviews. And Harbaugh came there with that attitude. Like, I don't have to interview for this. You're courting me, and then I'll take the job. But the Vikings had all these questions because people talk around the NFL. The Vikings basically were like, well, we heard what happened in San Francisco where you're, like, mocking the owner or the owner's kid, Jed York. And he may be a you know buffoon, but you still can't do that. Um yeah, he's a 900-pound gorilla. He's this weird, quirky guy. Well, they're also on the heels of, we're finding out that Mike Zimmer was quite the peach, and then he's got this girlfriend who's like 18 in one day who's a lunatic. So I'm sure the Vikings are like, yeah, we're not doing that again. Just like the Raiders are like, we're not doing Gruden again, and we're not doing, you know, superpower Mike Zimmer again. We're going to have a team here. And by the way, they already hired, and I know their GM had worked with Harbaugh in the past, but Harbaugh came in and, basically wasn't ready to really do an interview. He's ready to accept the job, and that's where the whole thing freaking blew up. Yeah. I mean, I think all of, the, all of that makes sense, and it also makes sense how the story was reported out, and, and clearly it came from Michigan side of Harbaugh was on his way to Minnesota to accept the job. Not on the way to Minnesota to interview. Was on the way to accept the job. And he got there, and he's like, yeah, where do I sign? They're like, well, we're, we're interviewing you. Like, all right, well, what was the contract? We'll have to do an interview first. No, I mean, 
Yeah. When do I start? No, no. We, we, here's what we need to ask. What went wrong in San Francisco? Which is, you know, a weird way to say it, but he's not in San Francisco. So something did, in the end, make them separate. Yeah. So and that stuff goes around the league. And I, you know what? I'm just going to – you can tell me if I'm wrong on this. And I don't think I'm going to relay this correctly. I was actually thinking about it today while I was taking a break from prepping – Washing the dishes. Some of my best radio rants are actually just done in my head, and they never get to the air. Um, I, I I think there is a change coming across the NFL, and some of it's because of Urban Meyer, some of it's because of Gruden, and other guys who are bullies, and some of it's because of hey the way the Redskins operation was working, and now football team, and you know Dan Snyder as the owner is a horse's ass. All across this country, workplaces are changing. So obnoxious old a-holes who are harassing people and belittling people. You know, we've seen the great resign here over the last six months where people are like, yeah, I'm not going back to that. I didn't like working there. I didn't like working for condescending JOs. And I think some of that is happening in football. We've seen the pushback from players on coaches like that in college football as well. I actually think this is this hiring process is a, a sign there is a change going on around the country, but also in football, that they're going to be much more about power structures and not giving too much power to just one person in the building. Hell, I won't even go there. Because I mean, there's, there's been some GMs, you know, who basically were more self-serving and not fully, you know, into the organization and her organization. So. But don't, but don't you – because – I mean, it could be temporary, and it could be it could be just coincidence that a couple of these things happen. That's a good point. It could be cyclical. Don't so. you? Don't you also? I think you run a bigger risk when you. Not, I'm not saying this happens with the Raiders, but when you do something like the Raiders did, when you're Mark Davis and you you own a team and you say, "All right, I'm bringing in a GM and a coach that are going to work well together. They're you know they're a team. They're a partnership. This is great." Well, now you're giving it to like. A group of people that have all this power that now come back at you and like, no, no, we're in charge here. Okay. Like, there is that risk all too. Right. All right. I mean, I, I don't know, and I don't know if that's. I'm not saying it's happening with the Raiders. I'm not saying it's. I don't know, but like that is still a risk. You know, the other one. I hate to say it, but because you know these guys are in my age range and older, I'm not saying people are being ageist, but the old school football coach doesn't have quite the cachet that they used to. Which, by the way, that's going to be another. Really difficult thing to overcome for Bill O'Brien. Yeah. The I have full control and I'm going to treat lots of people in the organization. I mean, Bill Cowher came out on CBS on one of the pregame shows and basically ripped Bill O'Brien of the fact that when he was gone from the Texans that he didn't know how to talk to people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that that is changing. And you're and you're seeing a lot of the, the you're seeing a lot of the combos now with GM and coach are like 37, 40. 44, 47. It's starting to get younger. I mean, I think the combo in, I don't know what it is. It's like it was, it, it, the Vikings, if it's Kevin O'Connell, who looks like it's going to be after the Super Bowl, I think their their combo is like 37 and 43, something yeah. like that. Yeah, well, and, and definitely more forward thinking. I mean, just because you're young doesn't mean you're progressive in your thought. Uh, but definitely in, in, in Minnesota's case, they've gone that direction. I hope a lot of people do. I mean, I hope this – we're going to still have some old-school coaches – but once they're gone, I hope that we never again see a fourth and two punt. <laughs> that, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen ever again. And as we continue to get younger and more progressive in the thinking of, of how these coaches are, maybe that, maybe that goes down. But that could also be part of it. And uh, I don't know. And maybe we go back the other way. 
maybe you start to see this, as you said, you mentioned cyclical, maybe you see two or three hiring processes where it's all young, young folks. And then all of a sudden they're like, ah, you know what? Give me the old, you know, Vic Fangio guy. Where's he? Man, I feel old. Uh, Adolfo Mensa, the GM of the Vikings, was born in 81. And what? Kevin O'Connell we saw play at San Diego State. So he's, what, 85? 1985. Yeah, it's crazy. And these are the guys running organizations now. Crazy. Enjoy 77-cent Bud Light bottles during Vegas Golden Knights games at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Carlson, side of the goal, extra pass, Marcheseau scores! Jonathan Marcheseau, power play goal, 3-0 Vegas. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7's, it's Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here, Silver 7s, Cofield, happy hours going on right now, every week, every day. 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, 277 on most of the drinks. Come on down. You're being a real, I'm not going to use the word weirdo, a real nerd today. You covered an event yesterday that was taped, and now that it's on, I feel like you, like you have like some special privilege here. Like you feel like you're one of the cool kids. You're watching the skills competition for the NFL back. No, no, even worse. You acu- your accusations of me being uh, AJ Colstan, he was being interviewed on TV. That's what I was. That's what I was pointing out. The skills competition's over. Your eyes did lock with the yeah. TV. The skills skills competition is over. Now the NHL one is coming up, but the NFL one is done. Let's talk a little hockey. All Star Game is on the ground. All Star Weekend is on the ground here in Las Vegas. And Barry Melrose gives us some time every once in a while. And uh, you know what? The game's in Vegas. Why not? Right? How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I got a free trip to Vegas, uh, one of my favorite places, and I get to watch uh, uh, a situation that I've, jo- I've, uh, I've learned how to appreciate. And that's the, uh, the uh, all the uh, skill competitions that uh, I enjoy watching. So, uh, he, but if you ever seen me play, you say, why would he care about a skilled guy? <laughs> he wasn't skilled at all. But uh, you do uh, you do fall in love with with guys that you appreciate, and I did appreciate skilled guys. So explain to the audience what some of the skills are that they're going to be showing off that, that, that you know, I'm not going to say they blow you away, but you've come to appreciate. Well, we're in Vegas. Some of them, some of them are uh, hunting or hitting a deck of cards. Uh, that's something they've never done before. I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. Uh, I, uh, the guys that are taking the draws on top of the uh, uh, fountain, uh, the famous fountain here in Vegas, that's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, the, the speed, the, the race uh, is is. It's pretty common, but I still enjoy finding out who the fastest guy in the NHL is. Uh, much, much more than than you know, guys grinding it out. I like to see you know coming around that corner. And will a girl win that again? Is that was that just a fluke, or is a girl going to uh, off Team USA going to beat the boys again? So uh, I, I think it's a good product. I think it's it's fun to watch. We're in the entertainment business. We forget that sometimes. But I uh, I enjoy the skills. I enjoy all the stuff that we're talking about right now, uh, you know, we don't get to see that during the, uh, you know, regular season. It's grinded out, it's hitting, it's whacking and hacking. So it's fun to see the skilled guys go out there and have some fun. Yeah, and we're, we were talking about this. I mean, if you look at it from a hardcore perspective, you're never going to appreciate it, I don't think. So it, it's more just fun, right, and it's for the fans. And I think the guys get into it too. I was out at the NFL one yesterday. They might kind of treat it silly at first, but once they get into it, that's competition. It is for the fans. It is for the partners. It is for 
uh, the, the common people uh, that, that love hockey. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're in the entertainment business. I say that all the time. People forget it. Uh, let these guys go out, show off their skill. Let them make passes from one end of the rink to the other. Uh, you know, uh, Zegras, wouldn't you like to see him uh, do, do that again during the game uh, with the uh, lacrosse shots sure. uh, and the goals he scored, two of them? I'd like to see that. I, I you know, I, I love seeing scrambles in front of the net and pucks going in off someone's butt, but I, I do enjoy the, uh, the, uh, the, the goals where you're a lacrosse player and you're slinging it. So I, I just, I just love being entertained. I love seeing guys do something they don't do during the regular season. Uh, there'll be enough skill showing, uh, and, and, you know, we're not worried about hitting and stuff. So I, 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 I think it could be one of the best uh, skill competitions we've ever had. There you go. And you talk about the entertainment. We're always entertained uh, by Barry Melrose on television talking oh, about thank hockey. thank you. Thank there you. you. Go. Uh, what, what do you think, before we get into a little bit more hockey, what do you think of the fact that the NFL and NHL are both here this weekend? This is nuts. What a sports weekend for Vegas. Well, I would say that Vegas is the uh, largest sports phenomenon right now in the world, right? Always yeah. has been. Now we're sitting with uh, the, the Pro Bowl and the All-Star Game and we're, we're, uh, we got the uh, Super Bowl coming up in L.A., and uh, it's crazy. It's awesome. It's crazy. It's, it's going to be a blast to watch. Uh, it, I think it's fantastic. I, I think it's great. I think everybody, every other group of cities in the United States will find a way to make this happen on, on their turf, where you bring in uh, the, the Pro Bowl and maybe another uh, all-star game and, and do them together and now that this has been started outside. I, I like I like the idea. I love people thinking outside the box. I think we knew was, there was a lot of things we could do, but let's let's go crazy. Let's get let's get as much as we can do. Uh, and and I think the NHL and and uh, everybody is really trying to do that. So when you're uh, when you're in Vegas, what is what does your Vegas experience look like? Uh, you know what? I'm a uh, a cigar guy. I, I like uh, uh, you know. Go, get a group together, go over to Cigar Bar, usually at Caesars, uh, and uh, just have a cigar, talk hockey. Uh, it's usually me and Levy and and uh, and a few other people. I end up being there until maybe a little bit later than the other people, but I, uh, I I enjoy the city, not as much as Levy does, but he makes more money than me, so <laughs> he, can, he can enjoy it more. But I, I enjoy Vegas. I enjoy it a lot, and, and uh, hopefully, you know, I, I can and you coming every couple of years. I like that you dropped that in. I didn't want to drop it in that uh, Steve Levy has a pretty good reputation around town, so he's uh, he's well established here. He's well established here. Now, in Vegas. now I'm a little worried about the uh, town of Vegas. Uh, you know, we we all know people in the business. Uh, Barry Melrose yep. is with us. All right, so I feel like. Uh, well, first of all, I'll have you grade the first uh, half here for the Vegas Golden Knights because it's, it's been a mixed bag. They've had a lot of injuries. They dealt with COVID. Uh, Leonard's been good at times and bad at others, but they're actually in first place in their division. So how do you grade what the Knights have done so far? I think, you, uh, I, I think it's all positive. You hit the nail on the head. They overcame the COVID. They overcame a ton of injuries. They, just, they had a half a lineup most nights earlier in the year. They never, you know, got too far behind. They always hung tough, hung tough, stayed close, stayed close. And, and now the guys are coming back every night to see Vegas play. They got another, you know, Stone comes back or Patretti comes back or, or Smith comes back. So I, I think they're through the part, toughest part of their uh, 
season right now. So I, I think you got to give them an A for what they did and, and how they hung tough and how everybody contributed uh, offensively and defensively. And speaking of guys coming back, there's a big name on the horizon with Jack Eichel coming. What, how much better is this team going to be? And is this, if everyone's healthy, is this the best chance they're going to have to make a deep run uh, since that first season? Yeah, it is. It, uh, unfortunately, they come up against Colorado, who is better than they've ever been. Yeah. So, uh, but again, we're, we're the best. We, we benefit from that. So we're going to see. It's just like, uh, you know, Tampa Bay playing uh, Florida. It's, it's one of those teams you're going to lose. So obviously one of the teams in the West is going to lose also. But uh, they're two great teams and four great teams, really. And, and uh, you know, only two of them can move on. So uh, don't miss any games in that series, okay? Get out there and, and get your popcorn right in front of the TV early because, like we said, it could happen very, very quickly. We, uh, we talked a little about the skills challenge. The game is coming up on Saturday over at T-Mobile. Uh, what, what, what should people, if, if they haven't seen an All-Star game before, if they're watching it just because it's in Vegas, what should you be watching for? Watch for uh, the, the race, uh, the guys coming around the corners. Watch how they take the curves. Uh, that's how you keep your speed up. You've got to keep your feet moving. Uh, the, the, every time the puck comes out, you rate the accuracy, uh, how these guys pass. Are, are they right tape to tape are they saucer pass guys things like that uh and uh you know just uh uh anything that that you you've ever thought of as a player now you can try it and uh, and uh and hopefully uh the nhl office people are thinking the exact same thing <laughs> that'd be great uh we talked about the knights i actually want to ask you about the rangers too a lot of people in town love watching the rangers they've got of course ryan reeves a fan favorite from vegas but also gerard galland is up there uh, does, does this team have a shot? I mean, they, they look pretty yeah. good early in the year. They're very good team. There, there's so many good teams right now. Uh, you know, the Florida, I mentioned Florida. I mentioned Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh's still a, a powerhouse uh, with, uh, you know, with uh, Crosby. Uh, the Washington Capitals went through a tough period, and they're back now and look like they're playing pretty well. So there's, there's just no poor teams. There, there's going to be a couple of uh, teams that are going to trade at the deadline, and and I'm sure Vegas somehow will be one of the players, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be great, and uh, you know we're the we're the people that benefited when when two teams get together and they both have to win. That's going to be some great intense hockey. Barry, we've taken enough of your time. We appreciate it. It's Vegas. Enjoy yourself. Uh, do a little bit of work and a lot of playing while you're here. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now. I'll let Steve know you guys are saying what a good guy is. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. He is. Yeah, great. Contribute to the Vegas economy. We love it. <laughs> That's the deal. <laughs> there you go. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just, you know, just make stuff up. I think, I think it's fair. We, uh, well, here's the thing. And people in Vegas know this, I think, unless you're a transplant, a recent transplant. Um, TV folks, media folks, there's like, you know, as Marty Schottenheimer used to say, there's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. There's a gleam in the eye of media folks when they get to come to Vegas. Oh, for sure. It's on. I mean, I know you know you're ridiculously over the top, obnoxious about saying everywhere else sucks. Yeah, uh, except, ex- except for Indianapolis, uh, for some reason. Um, but everywhere else does kind of suck. Cincinnati is utter trash. Compared, I mean, sporting events here where these guys get to go on their own work. I mean, he, you could hear Barry's giddy. He's fired up. I'll, I'll tell you, being out at the at Pro Bowl practice today, there's obviously media from all over the country, and um, I, I, it, it's you always 
at events you always know, like, oh, people are just trying to get their work done and get out of there, whatever. Oh, it is obvious. Everybody's just like, let's go, let's go, come on, we gotta get out. Like, okay, right, settle down. Uh, up. <laughs> uh, we're heading towards the uh, Kevin Kruger radio show that's coming up at 6 o'clock, uh, right across town at the Orleans at Bailiwick, so stick around for that. On the way back, we'll get into the grab bag. You know, more and more people are responding to the allegations by Brian Flores, right? John Elway spoke on it. The Dolphin Ross had spoken on it. Um, Hugh Jackson got involved in some of this and was putting some blame on the Browns. And Jimmy Haslam has responded, and uh, it's basically an STFU. 22-ounce Bud Light, Budweiser, or Michelob Ultra, plus two hot dogs and two bags of chips, all for just $7.77 at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Put your hand in there, Dave. So, you know, I really do hope something positive comes out of the uh, Brian Flores lawsuit allegations. I hope there's a deep dive on what's happening in these interviews and why the overall body seems to be a little bit weird with the hiring of diversity candidates. I hope some people who have had bad experiences in the past feel free to talk about their bad experiences. I hope, actually, um, I'm not saying they have nothing to lose, but I hope some of the older coaches who may have been mistreated along the way I actually hope they speak, and if they do, maybe jump into this class action suit like Jim Caldwell, Marvin Lewis, and David Culley. I think they would all have something interesting to say, and there's many more coaches beyond that. So I, I, I don't know what they can figure out to get you know a more balanced look with qualified candidates across the, the head coaching sphere, but I, I hope something comes out of it that way, right? Um, the tanking thing... I do believe that what the NBA did was the correct thing in terms of the lottery, where you can tank, but you really only have a 25% chance. Um, I actually, I, I'd like the NBA to go to a tournament for the picks with the teams that are on the outside, and they'd have to play. So I think that would be a great idea. I don't know what they can do in the NFL, but I do think they need to change the system because the tanking stuff is stupid. I remember the... Uh... And, and believe me, I'm a Jets fan. Because what it's done to me is I've turned into a psycho now, and all I want to do is lose. Yeah. I mean, that's what you should want. Well, in the current system. Yeah. But, but, I, I but mean, if I'm... that wasn't incentivized and you weren't guaranteed anything, then – because the flip side of it is – and I know – you know, saying that the Cincinnati turned it around in, like, two years with Joe Burrow is not really true. They were building for about four years. Right. But still, they turned it around. And there are a lot of, a lot of other organizations that get into this malaise of, like – a seven or ten year rebuild, which is absurd. Complete it just it's an easy excuse to accept mediocrity. But the borough thing is it's an it's an example of why like teams should tank and would tank. Like it, think about the Adam. fact hold on, think about the fact and people I, I don't think people are talking about this enough that what Stephen Ross wanted them to do was get Joe Burrow. No 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 that's see that that is not accurate. Yes it is that is a lie. That is a lie that everyone is running with. No. The tank was for... It wasn't tank for Joey. Who was the tank for? Tua. No, that, it, yeah, it yes, it, yes, it was. Tua, early. No. Early on. It wouldn't have happened, it wouldn't have happened once they got Tua, the first pick. Tua was the prize. 
He got hurt. Burrow came from out of nowhere right, and early, was a late developer. Early, Right, but again, you're tanking to get the number one pick. By the time the draft came, what? obviously Burrow is the number one pick. All right, here's the other part of it. They had a choice of quarterbacks. They could have taken the right one. Sure. So that, that's not, that has nothing to do with tanking. They were still in a position to take the other potentially great quarterback in the draft, Justin Herbert, and they blew it on him too. That's fine, but again, getting the number one pick or getting a better pick is why you do lose games. That's you. So you get the better choice, and you're right. Would you be anti-lottery? The choice there. Would you be anti doing what the uh, NBA does? I mean, that still encourages tanking, by the way. I mean, I, it it doesn't guarantee. It actually encourages it more to me. Like you need a better chance. You need, you need to lose games to have a better chance of losing. I mean, I I saw the proposal a couple years ago. I don't like. I do want the worst teams to have the best picks, and I think tanking should be on the table. I think tanking should absolutely be part of the but, equation. But it can't be part of a bribe system. If, I mean, if I, I hope. To. I mean, I guess no, if you're going no, to do it, be quieter it about should, it and incentivize somehow. I have no problem with the bribe system. The only issue that I have is that now the leagues are invested in gambling. Like, if they weren't, this is why we said at the, at the time the league should not be profiting from gambling. The league should not be investing in gambling. They should be completely separate because now you are in a position where you can't allow this. You can't allow teams to do this when you have a stake in gambling. If you didn't, yeah. it's totally – I have no problem with a team saying, hey, coach, I want you to lose. Well, if I lose, then you're going to fire me. No, no, no. We're not. We're telling you to lose, and we're also going to pay you to lose to make it, make it worth your while. No problem with that. That's what you should about, be doing. But, but how about really do it? Because there's a lot of people – like, do it the right way. There's a lot of people who are like, Flores could not win because he may have gotten the Cully treatment. Yeah. He may have lost, and then they're like, get out. Yeah. No, here the way you but do it. Paid for no, it. no, the way no, the way you do it, if you really want to incentivize, hey, you do what we need to do here, then when I see the plan in progress, six weeks in, we'll sign you to a two year extension. On the end of your deal. Sure. I'd rather, I wanna I'd rather, know I'm gonna be around if I'm doing what you're telling me to do. I wanna know that I'm getting paid for each loss. <laughs> I'll, no, I'll no, that's it. the way you get paid. Sure, but I'll also get paid for each loss. But I guess I guess Flores Seven games in, if he was doing what they wanted him to do, could get a two-year extension and then go, you know what, now we're winning. <laughs> sure. It. sure. Double cross. But I'd rather have the $700,000. We're 0-7. I'll take that. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Do we have a Raiders defensive coordinator by tomorrow or Saturday? Possibly. And you think the top candidate is? Sean Desai. From the Bears? Yeah. Were the Bears a good defense? Well... Uh, so I, I told you I did talk to uh, Robert Quinn today from the Bears, huh? and uh, look, you can read read it in the story tomorrow. But what he said to me, he goes, he actually made a point of that. He said he will put guys in the right positions to make plays. He's like, we didn't make them, <laughs> said, but the guys were there that needed to be in the right place. They just didn't make the play. So I wasn't looking for a debate, and I like your point there. I wasn't looking for a debate on whether the Bears were a good defense. What I was addressing is. Which metrics do we use to judge what a good defense is? Because the Raiders, you know, yards per play, uh, some other metrics had them as a top ten defense, but points allowed, they were in the twenties. Well, the Raiders Bear were terrible in the red zone. Bears, okay. Well, that I mean, that's an absolute factor. If you know, if you crumble at the most important time, uh, Bears had similar issues. I saw Ian Rappaport say, "Hey, top ten defense," and people were firing back with, uh, "We were like twenty six in points allowed." What are you talking about? <laughs> right. So, what's the most important metric? And here's the other thing, uh, is one year with the side is one year of uh, being a D.C., and those results, is that enough of a sample size? 
I know you love sample size. Yeah, prob- probably not. Um, I'm actually trying to find. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I think you like DVOA. I think DVOA is the best metric. Uh, I'm trying to find it right now. Um, of course, it's uh, not popping up, but that, that's what I would judge it by. Uh, but again, I mean, people people use whatever metrics suit that. You know, there was a huge controversy the other day of somebody asking a question about Derek Carr being a top five quarterback, and they came back and said, passing yards, top five. Okay, I mean, you can use any metrics that you want and make them say whatever you want them to. Um, again, I thought what Robert Quinn said made a lot of sense. He's like, we could have been a lot better. We were in the right places to do it. We just didn't make plays. 